everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to the House of David Weekly Bible Study. I'm Pastor Keith Allen. And along with my wife, Summer Allen, uh, this week we will be discussing parenthood in Christ, which is the subject matter for this week. So but before we get started, we want to go ahead and pray in. Welcome to those who just joined us. Hello. Hello. We're going to get ready to pray, guys. Uh, dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior your one and only begotten Son. We thank you, dear God, for blessing us, dear Lord God, with your grace and mercy. We pray, dear Lord God, in the name of Jesus, dear Lord God, as we come before you, dear Lord God, through this Bible study, may you bless our hearts and our minds, dear Lord God. May you bless our souls, dear Lord God, and our spirits, dear Lord God, to agree, dear Lord God, and to receive your word tonight, dear Lord God. We pray in the name of Jesus for those who cannot make it tonight. May you continue to bless their hearts and souls, dear Lord God, and may this message also reach them, dear Lord God, and we pray in the name of Jesus, dear Lord God, and we just ask and thank you, dear Lord God, for continuing to protect us, dear Lord God, and may you continue to bless and keep us through the night as well, Lord God. And we pray, dear Lord God, all these things be done according to your will and your might and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, this week, again, we're talking about parenthood in, as Christians being a, uh, a making sure that the kids are raised up in a manner in which God is delighted, you know, not only in the kids but in the parents to do what is called of us to do, just like anything. We we always talk about our gifts and callings out in the world and in the ministry, but we got to remember that the ministry also starts in the house, and the, and that's the first step is with our our spouses and with our children is where we, we start. It does us no good to go out and teach the world when our, our house is not in order. Amen? Amen. So I got a whole lot of scripture to help us along the way in being good parents. Now remember, a parent you don't have you don't have to be, you know, an actual parent to raise a child. You know, because as a church community, we all raise the children together. And as a body of Christ, you want to always see somebody looking after your child when you are not present or around. And that would go for anyone, whether that person be uh, a grandparent, uh, a friend, 
or, or you know, another relative in any kind of way, but you don't want your child to be without guidance in the world. When we send them to school, we expect for the teachers in the school to make sure there's some type of guidance going on in their lives. When we send them to their practices or all their extracurricular activities, we expect some kind of guidance to be taught and to be, you know, implemented with our children so that they're never without guidance, that they're always being instructed in a way which is, you know, good and, and rightful. And don't get me wrong, do we spend every minute with our kids? No, because we've got to work on ourselves, got to work on our marriages, We've got to work on others as well, you know, in ourselves. So it's dividing the time, making the time for the child or children, and also making the time for yourself because you need to make sure you're, you know, kept in, in Christ in order for you to teach what needs to be taught to the children, right? So I got a few scriptures I had wanted to go over. Uh, and, and it mainly, and we should have had the kids here tonight, but I know a lot of them are, are tired and had a long day just like mine. Um, but it, it's really important that we get to the point of truly making sure that our kids hear the Word of God on a daily basis, not just on Sundays or, you know, or something like that. We need to make sure just as we do throughout the week, you know, we have Sister Sharon is forever pumping us with the word every day and with ourselves also being in the word, our children need, need that same thing as well. You know what I'm saying? They need to be fed as well because the more we feed them now, the more they have to use out in the world when they get older. And, and that's truly, truly important, right? So I had wanted to read out of um, Psalms 127 real quick. Okay. All right. All right. So Psalms 127, verses 3 through 5. It says, Low children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So they're a reward to us as parents. God said he's blessed the womb, and verse 4 says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So he, God is telling us that our children, if they're brought up in a way, they now become our defense in latter years. They now become overseers of us when we're old and can't perform the way we used to perform. That's why they're a reward. They're a blessing to us. And the only way they can become what God needs them to become is by us putting into them what needs to be put into them. And like I said, there, there, there's, there's boatloads of Scripture, right? And I'm going to go to Second Samuel. Um, so if you have your Bibles with you, great. If not, don't worry, I'm going to read it out. So Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 18. 
Now, remember, this is where David, you know, he he kind of went astray and he took somebody's wife that he shouldn't have been doing some things, right? He coveted another man's wife, put that man on the front line of the, of the army to be make sure that he was going to, hey, be the first one to take an arrow or a sword to die so that he can claim the wife. And with this, they end up having a child. Now, I know a lot of you may know this story, and some may not. But again, Second Samuel chapter 12. And this is how, as parents, we are supposed to be. And, and reading this, you, you, you don't find this in the world, what you're about to hear. Because you're going you're gonna to find yourself on the opposite side of the fence with this one. Right? In verse 18, it says, And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. Now, remember, that very first child was born in, out of, you know, just, you know, cunning deceit. Right? So the child died when it, when it, was, when it was born. Seven days it lived, and it, and it died. And for for you guys who don't know about the um, the the Jewish um, rites, the child does not get a name until the eighth day. They do not name that child until the eighth day. Mm-hmm. So that child died with no name. It was nameless. Wow. That is a very, very powerful thing if you don't understand that. That child was born nameless, I say again. And it died nameless because they don't name the child until the eighth day, meaning after the, it has to go a full uh, Sabbath. You know, it has to go from, you know, one, one day to the next. It has to go through a, a, what they call, a, you know, a Sabbath week before they could name it. All right? And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we speak unto him, and he would not hear unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But, they, but when David saw that the servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. So he already knew something was going on. Therefore, now get this, any parent hearing or, or finding out about their child passing away, there is a whole bunch of weeping, moaning, and crying. Am I correct? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now get this. When David heard them whispering about that, he perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. Then David arose from the earth, meaning he was down on his face and on his knees, and washed and anointed himself, poured oils over himself, in other words, and changed his apparel. So he went and changed clothes, cleaned himself up, anointed himself, and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Well. I told you, a lot of us would be on the other side of the fence with this one. Because how many of us would lose a child and go in the house of God and worship? (laughs) 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. David was a special character when it came to a child because he understood God, and that's what we all have to get. So he went into the house of God and worshiped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. So he had a feast. He went and worshiped the Lord. He had a feast. Now get this. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive. See that? He fasted and he weeped and prayed, in other words, for the child while the child was alive. You understand? Yeah. So when we're fasting and praying for something, we are asking God to bless the, the, whatever it is we're praying after because he's fasting and he's praying, right? So this child dies, and they say, like, wait a minute, you prayed and fast for the child when he was alive, but now you go and you celebrate when he's dead? What, what, what? They're they thinking like, like anybody like us. Any one of us would like, wait a minute, he got that backwards, don't he? Yeah. Right? But no, that's how God told us to do. It's to mourn, it's to mourn like uh, the birth of, of, of a child and to, and to celebrate when someone passes is what the, the word of God always tells us. But he says, they said they weep while he's well, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? So he doesn't know. So why wouldn't he pray? Why wouldn't he weep? Because no one knows what God is doing. That's what God always told us, you know, never, uh, never cease from praying. Yeah. But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? He's gone. Right? David's like, no need to fast anyway. He's gone. He's gone. That's what I was fasting for, right? I was fasting yeah. for a thing. And, again, like I said, I don't know what God is going to do, so that's what I was doing. I was trying to, you know, travail for this kid to stay. Yeah. But he he understood that this child, again, was, was generated out of a, a deceitful manner. So God had to take this child and, 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 and would not, you know, give him that kind of blessing, right? He says, can I bring him back again? And it's a question mark. He's like, I can't bring him back. God took him. I shall go to him, but he shall not return unto me. So what he's saying is, I know he, he's called to God. Yeah. I prayed and I fasted for this child for I don't know if he was going to live because he was going through a whole lot of stuff when he was born. Yeah. You know, they don't have the Nick unit like we had have back, you know, back then. They don't have the Nick unit, you know, where they can, they can hook him up in the incubator and make sure everything's good, right? So they had to do what they, they could do back then. And so in verse 24, now get this, God took the child that him and, and, him and um, the woman had together. But get this, right after that, Right after the child died, and David went went to his home again, and David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son, and he called his name 
Solomon, and the Lord loved him. So all God wanted them to do was to get right. Yeah. And he, again, as that psalm said, he rewarded them with another child right away. He said, I can't give you this first reward. You didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. You didn't any kind of way. You, you, get, you went about it the wrong way. So this one I'm going to take. But if you get right, I'll give you another. And that's what God did. So I say this with, with, with parenting because with parenting comes life and with parenting comes death. Okay, so we have to be realistic with this. And know, and I know this is a little serious manner right now tonight, but we, we have to understand what we're dealing with when it comes to our children. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day when God will call any of us home. And we see it every day on the news and the newspapers online, how someone's child has been kidnapped or, or you know, missing in some kind of way or, or they, you know, they died in a fire or something. Something crazy happens. But you don't know what God is doing in your life, right? He says the children are a reward to us. But while we do have them, there's certain things that we can do. But when you do lose the child, do what David did. Because if you lose the child, God is, God is going to say, well, why are you mourning? This is just what Jesus told the one man when he told him to come follow him. He said, well, I got to go bury my, 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 you know, let me go bury my, my father, I think it was. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Because there's nothing like David said, I can't bring this child back. So the child passed. David anointed himself, cleaned himself up, went to the house of God, and worshiped. He didn't mourn. He didn't cry. He gave honor to God because he knew through all of his fasting and all of his praying and weeping when this child was alive that it was going to be honored. Just because the child did not live does not mean the child didn't make it before the presence of God. Yeah. And that's why we have to understand. Now, if I let this child, this is what God is telling me, if I let this child live, do you have the means to keep this child kept with all the issues that it had going on? Like I said, we don't have, they didn't have the NIC unit like we have today. They didn't have the, the, the stuff that we have today to help a child along a little better when they have issues when they are born. You understand? Yeah. So would you want to sit there every day and see that child go through that? We don't have the means. So God takes the child for it not to suffer, right? Because remember, you've got to be careful with your prayers. Who knows what David was praying, but I'm pretty sure you've got to be specific with God. If he was down there saying, don't, don't, let, don't let the baby suffer no more, God's like, okay. You know, you've got to be specific, right, with God, because that's what God is with us. Right. And, and so... With that said, we need to honor God and thank God when we lose a loved one, especially a child. Now, that's one of the hardest things. 
for someone to do is to lose a child. And who knows how any one of us will react if that was to ever happen. But like I said, while we got them, there are a whole lot of things we can do with them. And one, we should cherish them. And, and you know, reading through the scriptures, you know, you know, I found a whole lot of things that, you know, I know I can do better as a parent. And, um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, we all, we all can do better in, in, in some instance, you know. We do some things great and some things we're not great at. So, but at the same time, you know, hey, that's what gro- growth is for, right? That's what growth is for. <clears throat> but the, most of the stuff is, is is catered to the children obeying the parent, but also with the parents being there for the children to make sure the children are brought up in a way, okay? So... I want to read a few more scriptures here. Now, I'm in Hebrews 12. Okay? Okay. I'm in Hebrews 12. Give me a minute. I got a lot of scriptures I'm dealing with, so I apologize, guys. All right, so Hebrews 12, verse 5, it says, now this is, you know, again, speaking of children and, and, and things, so just, just bear with me because there's a lot of uh, scripture i got to read tonight, guys. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastised and scored every son whom he receives. If ye endure chastising, God deals with you as with sons. For what son or daughter is he whom the father chastised not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons or daughters. So when God is correcting us, just as we correct our children, what we say is not that I don't love you, I just need you to understand. And the scripture tells us that it's more than just disciplining the child, right? It's more than just bringing your voice up a level or two. It's more than just putting them in time out or, or punishing them in any kind of way, or spanking or whatever. But what needs to also happen is a teaching moment. We have to let the child know what they did and the consequences of what they did and why it's wrong and why they should not do it again. Sometimes we get so caught up in the emotion, we forget the teaching moment. And therefore, there was nothing gained through the punishment. 
You understand? God gives us the same thing. He gives us chastisement, but he also gives us a learning lesson with it for us to gain knowledge and understanding of our faults and our wrongdoings. We need to reciprocate that same teaching and that same method to our children because if they don't understand fully what they did and why they should not do it again, it's going to continue to repeat. Now, how many of us as parents, like, I always have to talk to this boy about this. I don't know why. You know, and we always have those kind of comments when it comes to our kids. Mm-hmm. Question ourselves, did we give them a teaching moment the last time it happened mm-hmm. or the first time it happened? Because if we did not, then we have failed the child. You know, everyone wants to take that scripture and say, um, you know, if you, you know, if you spill the rod, you spoil the child. Well, that rod also means teaching. You guys understand that? That the rod is not something that you literally beat, beat with. It's a moment of clarity. You understand? You have to teach a child, like the scripture says, in the way you would have them go. But if you're just punishing, 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 what are they gaining when it comes to the end product, when this child becomes 16, 18 years old, what did we instill in the child to make sure that when they go out in the world, they know right from wrong, that they know not to put their hands in the sockets, not to touch the fire, and all this other stuff, right? We can tell them, don't do it again. Why? Because I said so. But why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Why? And and you know what? The, the the blessed thing is, God has blessed children with curiosity and and minds that are always seeking understanding. Because when a child don't understand something, and when you are punishing them and they can't figure it out. You know that they're always asking questions, and you're always trying to diffuse it because you want them out of your face. Listen to the child because, again, the child was a reward from God to us. So and when you receive something from God, when you receive like, oh, this is a gift from God, right? When, when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive the gift of tongues, when you receive the gift of prophecy, right? You take care of it, do you not? Yes. You learn from it, do you not? Yes. God gave you a child that is questioning everything of your authority. Yet we skip over the whole thing and not even realizing that the child is also teaching us. Yeah. Right, and 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 we and we got to remember because through this we gain understanding of how to raise a child and how to deal with that child. And every child is different. Some children are more emotional. 
Some children are more stubborn. Some children are, you know, whatever the case may be. They, they have so many personalities and traits. You know, you have to hone in on each one of them. But that's the blessings that God gives us to make us more well-rounded than just to be, you know, someone who's over here, oh, I know this very well and I don't know nothing else. But when it comes to these children, God is making us well-rounded individuals to deal with all types of circumstances that, that were laid before us, right? So he's, he's saying without chastisement, there's no love. You're a bastard child to him. And so furthermore, in verse 9, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we, have gave, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? So God has given us our children. And yet we don't thank him enough for the children. Don't get me wrong. I know we thank him for our children. I know we thank him because we love our children. But do, do we sit down and say, God, thank you for the lessons learned on this journey and raising this child, which you have blessed me with. Because all you're doing is making sure you bring it. It's just like any other leader who is bringing up someone like Christ, bringing up one of his disciples, he's teaching them in a way that he would have them go. And we're supposed to be doing the same. Our children are our disciples. We need to show them how to live through our actions and, and, and our words and, and teach them these ways. So we have to reverence them. For, the, for they barely... For they barely for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he, for our profit, meaning God, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastising for the present seems joyous, meaning no one enjoys being chastised. At that moment, when you're being chastised or being punished, there's no joy in it for the person who's being chastised. So no chastising for the present seems to be joyous, but it is grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So when we go and we make sure that we don't let the kids slide on something. Like, you know, I'm going to give you a pass this time. Chastising, or, you know, I like the word because it's not saying, you know, oh, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to punish you. It, it's not so harsh. But chastisement means a whole lot of things. It's showing love for someone. Just like when God gives us a prophet, and that prophet comes and bears witness of the word of God to us, He's doing it because he loves us. And you notice in the Old Testament when the prophets came, it was always doom and gloom, right? Yeah. You're going to change your ways. You're going to die tomorrow. If you don't change your ways, you're going to be taken into captivity. You're going to be all this stuff, right? 
It's going to be somebody's slave. They're going to take your wife and your children away, and you're going to be their slave. And it's all kind of this mess, right, when the prophets come. You're like, man, goodness, what kind of God am I? A God that loves you so much that he gave you a warning. Right. He gave you a warning, and that's chastising. When a prophet comes to you and tells you that, that is chastising. That's telling you you've done wrong. And after the prophet told you you've done wrong, he tells you everything that you did. Right? Not only did you do it wrong, but these are the things you're doing. So forth, so forth. And they lay it out for you. And then they go, the Lord, the Lord of hosts says. And then they spill it out. If you don't change your ways, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Right? So they told you what you need to do because they laid out all of your faults. So when you understand that you hear all these faults about yourself, you know what you've got to go work on. See, we tell our kids, don't, don't take paint and smear it all over your sister's face. But we don't tell them why. We want to snake them forward or punish them and or, you know, take their Nintendos from them and all this other stuff. But we need to start teaching them more about the things that are right and wrong. And when they do right, congratulate them as well. And do just like a prophet would do. These are the things you did right. Blah, 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 spill it out. Great job. God is going to, be, God is going to bless you tremendously for doing this. So it, it, it works both ways. You, you, want to, you, know, you want to puff them up a little bit when they do the, do the, you know, the good things. You don't want to tear them down from doing the bad things, but you want to correct those bad things to push them back on track to becoming what they need to become. Because if you continue to allow the bad to, to, to continue to go on without any correction, and, you, and you're not rewarding the good stuff and not, you know, giving the pats on the backs and, and great jobs, they can be like, why am I doing something good for? They don't never say anything about it. So the kids feel just like, you know what? I go do the bad stuff. There's no reward either way. So in our mind as 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 humans, we think if there's no reward for anything that we're doing, well let me just go out and do what I want to do then. I want to do what makes me happy, whether it's right or wrong, because there's no reward in it for me to do what someone is asking me to do. There's no teaching moment to say, this is right, great job, keep up the good work. Okay? Okay. I got more scripture to read, guys. Anybody want to say something? I know I've been talking a lot. Um, but I just got a whole lot of scripture on on, on children tonight. Uh, lot, uh, and, and 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 as parents, I wanted to say this, and I always tell you guys to read the, the Psalms and the Proverbs. But the Proverbs really, really do help the children. If you can read the Proverbs to the children, I am telling you, they you you will you will see leaps and bounds in kids when they when they get in their teens, because this stuff is going to stick to them, especially like the first. Six or seven Proverbs talks about children following instruction, listening to their mothers and fathers and, and, and you know, obeying and the, the, the word of God. So if you can instill that in them, 
that is really going to help the, the, the children grow when it, when it comes to the Word of God. I just wanted to say that before anyone had uh, jumped in. So go ahead. Floor is open. Floor is open. Well, I think um, what's been said thus far is, is really good because you don't think about, like, you know, your actions can um, can weigh in sometimes on your children, kind of like where you were giving the example with David, mm-hmm. you know, and how, you know, um, and then you can kind of take them for granted in some types in some types of ways because, you know, they're just in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you can, you know, take it for granted that you have children, but um, there are people who are barren, you know, who can't have children at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people who even go through the process of pregnancy and can't carry the baby full term. So in thinking about those things, it, it, it makes you understand that your children are a blessing to you. Um, even when you get older, you know, I know people and have friends who get older, and, you know, some people don't have children, so when they get older, they don't have anybody to take care of them. Mm-hmm. You know how you were saying, like, the, the children teach you at some point? They're your connection to the current generation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, think about people from the computer age, you know, um, Sometimes the kid knows more technology-wise than the parent, you know, or even sometimes, you know, um, in the times past, like when it comes to languages, some people don't speak a certain language, but the kid speaks the language. Mm-hmm. So the kid has to be the interpreter, you know, for the parents. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they are your connection to the current life, you know. Um, they teach you about what's new. Mm-hmm. You know, because we still kind of exist in our world, you know, and um, and they do become um, a teacher in that reference. Um, the other thing that you said about, um, you know, training up your child in the way they, they should go, it makes me think about this funny term that you always hear all the time when people say make the choices, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like this funny term that everybody uses. But it's a realistic term because we want to teach our children to actually make good choices when they're not around us. Mm-hmm. We want them to be able to hear our voice when they are making the decisions. Because I know even now that I'm older, I still hear my mother's voice mm-hmm. when I make certain, you know, decisions to do things or whatever. You still re- you have, still have that recall, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the training. Right. It's kind of like what uh, uh, Pastor Keith was saying earlier. We was watching some something, and and uh, I think the guy has said, "Remember your remember your training," you know, uh, to the uh, to the student, and um, and that's important. That's kind of like what we're talking about. Is is that you want your kid to remember their training? They want to, you want them to remember their upbringing. And the upbringing has to involve reason or mm-hmm. making a certain decision because I understand what the consequence of that action is, you know. Mm-hmm. So it can't just be do it because I said so, you know, but it's got to be, you know, 
you know, a follow-up to understand why I'm doing the thing. Because then I know why I'm doing it. Right. I understand. So it's the same thing that, like you had said, that God does with us, Mm -hmm. too. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Practically for me, sometimes I, I... I just don't want to, I don't want to explain or negotiate. I just, <laughs> they, sometimes for me, um, an explanation is needed. Just being practical. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just believe that just because, you know, where it goes as the voice of authority is speaking mm-hmm. and you're not going to always get an answer to to, um, to why a thing is or, or the list, why I tell you not to do or what not to do. Mm-hmm. But just the trusting part in allowing my kids to trust that I know best. So at that moment, if I said no, it's no. Because I'm not going to always have the time to just come and say, oh, mommy says no, because I can't give you the list of that. Sometimes it's just a quick don't do or do. And I don't always have time for the explanation, which I believe sometimes is good, but I believe it's the balance as well. Because sometimes you have some kids that will take you there. You know, I was one of those kids that always, why, 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 why? You know, and um, I didn't understand when I was a child, when my mom would just say, because, you know, or when the, when the voice of authority is speaking, you know, to just sometimes follow. And as adults, you, you kind of find that out in, um, even with your boss or other people in authority, that, you know, you, you can't always get an explanation as to, why? Sometimes when you get when some of the delegates are saying you just gotta do it. So practically for me, I believe that it is a balance with you know, with with all with, with explaining sometimes why and when sometimes so you see where the kid is actually like confused, like what was that for or why did you tell me that or whatever. That's a different case. But sometimes Is my kids want the satisfaction that I'm not doing it until you tell me why. And I'm like, no, I just want you to get it done. Right. You know what I mean? So sometimes I can see the dairy that's in my older son or in my younger son or in my daughter where they just don't want to do it. So they're like, why? But then again, you know, sometimes it's like I smack them or say something that they're honestly confused as to what was that for? I have no idea because that in their faces, I get the balance for this, but I don't, for me, I don't know if I can always explain why all the time, practically. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and, that, and that does, and that comes with obedience from the from the child to the parent. You're, you're absolutely correct. You know, does everything warrant an answer? No, it's not. It's not. 
it's not going to warrant an answer because, you know, sometimes, just like God deals with us, he's already worked something out. And we're not seeing it or we've been passing it by and don't see the blessing that he's already, you know, placed before us. Right. And the child's the same way when when you like, you know what, I don't need you to do that right now because, you know what, like, you know, Brother Conrad and me and him was talking about, you know, the girls, you know, playing on the stairs all the time, doing whatever they're doing on the stairs, like, look, don't do that. And then they say, you know, bloop, 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 you know. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> you know. So, you know, you know what? Now, I don't even have to give you an explanation, do I? Now, you know why I was saying don't play on the stairs, right? <laughs> so, you know, so uh, it's just, um, I apologize, someone had knocked at the door. door. Um, but, you know, some things don't require because, you know what, you're going to slip up and you're going to see the see the repercussions of your actions as soon as you do something. You know, if you're doing something and you're trying to hide it and, you know, you might get caught later, but there's some things that as soon as you do it, things are going to go wrong right away. You know, and you're going to realize, like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and even in, even in what, what, what you're saying, though, too, um, when you say because I said so or because I need you to do it now, that's still even training. That's a still a, a training or a learning lesson because we don't know the laws of the land. Right. You know, we don't know all of what the laws say, but if the policeman just says keep going, you know how they get out. They yeah. start directing Nothing back. here. Nothing here. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. There's no explanation. I just right. need you. I just need you to obey it. But but we know that we're still we're still obeying a law. You know what I mean? Like so, it is. You know, in in essence, still training um, your kid to be obedient. You know, and um, so it's still um, something that we're training them to do. So. You know, even in that, it's it's still there. Right. And and, and like I said, there's a lot of scripture that helps teach the child, especially with the word of God. You know, in in Ephesians and and Colossians, you know, we, we, I mean, it's literally saying the same thing. In Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That's also in Deuteronomy. And in Colossians it says it again. So it's like repeating. God said this over and over again. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Again. Right? Yeah. Now, he says with a promise, you know, you have long life. Why? Because in Genesis, he promised Abraham something, right? He says, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. So in other words, if we teach the children about God, therefore they will know God, and he will continue to be their God. He will not cast them off, right? 
And in, in, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. God is telling us he has an a inheritance for our children. We need to make sure we leave the inheritance to them, right? It's, yes. it's just like a will. Oh, do you got a will? Nope. Okay, if you don't have a will, then all your stuff when you die, the government's going to take it. Thank you very much for working so hard and, and, and giving your money back to us after we paid you. Right? It's like, what are you going to do that for? So God is saying, write your will. In other words, teach your children about me because your inheritance, right, that you have stored up from the blessings that I'm giving you, excuse me, I will pass on to your children. So all you got to do is just make sure they are following me and no other God. Another thing, too, is, is that, like, um, you know, I've heard people testify about certain things from being, you know, being trained, like, like you know, certain people say, you know, I, I wasn't really raised in the church, you know, but I went mm-hmm. to my grandmother took me or something right, like right. that or whatever. It might be a handful of times where they went to vac- vacation Bible school or something mm-hmm. when they were kids. And when they're in perilous situations, the only little bit of word that they got from that time you know what I mean, that they were exposed to it is what they lean on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they, you know, you get a recall of, like, you know, what you learned. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it was the sinner's prayer mm-hmm. or Psalms 23 or, you know, you, you remember, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus loves the little children. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever, you know, they learn, they, they grab onto it, especially in a life or death situation. Because that's the only bit of God that they know. Mm -hmm. So it is true that whatever we sow into our children, as far as in the word of God or or loving God, leaning on God, believing in God, it comes to to fruition when we, you know, when they get older. You know, so it is a true thing when the Bible says that, you know, train them up in the way that they should go, that when they get older that they would not depart from it. They don't. No one ever does, especially if you're like in a car accident or something about to happen, people scream Jesus immediately. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just go atheist in a foxhole. But people in danger, there's no atheist. Everybody knows Jesus. Everybody knows his name. I mean, because he, he ain't never lied when he said, every knee shall bow. Every knee.
I can I can say um good night everyone. Good night. Um, good night. Again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can say um with my with my kids um I'm very very happy to see it all. Oh, you see everyone. Like today, I was at work and I was talking to the the owner of the place. Oh, I'm very happy to see all my kids are very, um, you know, right now doing the work of the Lord where they do something for God. And um, as we talk about on on Sunday, um, about the seed, you know, the seed has seed has been planted and they have been rooted and grounded. And though, though, when they grow up, you know, when they grow up, the seed, no matter what, just as go into the um, the winter time, where you see all the trees lose their their leaves. But you may look, when I just come to the U.S., I thought that I'm like, I when I see the tree without leaves, I said, wow, it's like fire run through the place and burn burn off the leaf, but it's just the shedding of the leaf. Now, they sometimes don't look where they're dead, but they're not dead because they're rooted and grounded. And as the logo will pass the house where the tree, where to the tree root into the, into the ground. That's how I see the kids then, you know, because right now is the best time where you can able to think the word of God in them. Because um, right now, when they get it, it's, it's rooted now. And later in life, you know, they'll, even no, no matter what, if you run, you like the prodigal son, run away, you're going to want to come back because yeah. you're already rooted and grounded. And then you remember, that's the foundation, you know. And um, first, to build our foundation good from beginning. And they will never... Um, you know, stray away from it. No, no matter, even if they stray away from it, they're going to remember. They're going to remember. Wow. Yeah. Yes, they will. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and it, you know, and it is some very important lessons that we all should be teaching. Uh, and I have wanted to give you guys a few scriptures because they're very important. Um for a child to know, and for a parent to know as well. Now get this, in Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, it says, For from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. And I say that to lead to this. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow. Wow. Because from what what comes from within, if your heart is not right, all this stuff is pouring from your heart. All this lustfulness, desires, envy, slander, 
all the stuff that it talks about in Mark comes from the heart. So he's saying, above all else, guard your heart. Don't let nothing turn your heart. Because remember, when God went to Pharaoh, he didn't have to mess with his mind. It said God hardened his heart. So therefore, the heart controls what the mind thinks. Wow. And what the mind brings forth. So above all else, we need to make sure our kids know this. Guard your heart. Make sure your heart is pure. And it says in John chapter 17, sanctify the children. Sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. So you want to make sure that they know truth, that they know the word of God and who he is. Love the Lord with all your all your might, all your all your um, you know, soul and strength, right? So that's what you want to do with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's what we need to make sure they know. This is what we need to make sure the kids know more than anything else. I think that a good thing too is definitely you know training them you know who God really is, um, giving them an example. Sometimes, you know, our kids um, you know, have a nightmare. And so we teach them, you know, I teach them what my grandmother taught me was to learn the name Jesus. And that when you're in your dream, if your dream starts to turn bad, scream Jesus and you'll always wake up. But I also had to tell them or teach them, like, Mommy and Daddy can't help you, you know, in your dream. Only Jesus can help you. Only God can help you. In that state, mommy and daddy are not there, and we can't help you beyond, you know, your consciousness, beyond, you know, your, in your dreams. Then you have to know God for yourself. And it's funny that, you know, I found myself like, wow, I have to teach this to a little kid, but then I then I go back and think, well, I was taught to me when I was five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's and it's a serious thing, you know, to you know, for children to know that mm-hmm. because they they are dealing with with um, you know um, spirituality even exactly. that young. Yes, they are. Amen. Amen. Anyone else got anything to add? Anyone on the line got anything to add? No. Like I said, the most important thing, being parents, is very hard. And we go through trial and error. We don't have all the answers. You know, we have a wise counsel in the Holy Spirit. And what we have to do is continue to rely on the Holy Spirit, not only to teach us, but to 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 dwell amongst our kids as well to get them to that point to where they are, you know, tapping into the spirit as well because yes. they're not always in our presence. Yes, we yes, yes. We have to send them here. We have to send them there. You know, yes. summer camp, daycare, all this other stuff we got to send them to. Yeah, they're not always in our presence, so they must know the Holy Spirit as well. Yes, because. The enemy don't have any guidelines of who he wants to mess with. That's right. You know, 
They're like, oh, that, that was only three years old. I ain't going to bother him. Don't, don't, don't care. Oh, that was that was 110. Uh, I'm not gonna bother. No, it's gonna bother whoever it, the, the, the enemy can 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 get a hold of. That's what he's going after. Yeah. And we need to equip our children again so that they can stand. Yeah. And this is why we need to you know pump into them Christ, 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 Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. God, God, God. We need to pump it into them, make sure they understand. Like I said, yep. we like that scripture says, if we can get their heart so solidified in God, you know, to where they they they, they, they they're so stubborn for God that you know, no one don't don't nobody wanna want to try to change their mind like, no, I ain't gonna talk to that kid, that kid's just stubborn. <laughs> yeah, stubborn for God, yes I am. Yeah. Absolutely. Hard headed yeah. to the bone. To the bone. <laughs> but that's where you that's what where we all need to be though. But like I said, I thank God for the children because they teach us the things that I don't want to say that we don't know, but the things some of the things that we have truly forgotten in life. <laughs> right. And so they they're coming up, they're making the mistakes and sometimes you be like you know, I never thought about that. When you when you think about some kids do some crazy stuff, but you're like, <laughs> I never thought about that. That could really hurt somebody, or that could really do this, or that could really do that. Never had, had it in my mind until you just did it. And you know what? It's the heart of a child. <laughs> right. And so now you go, and you like, you thinking God, you thinking the kids, like, thank you for showing me that, but don't do it again. <laughs> Right, but they teach us so much. They they're teaching us, you know, the fruits of the spirit. They told us this, that long suffering. Man, we know we got some long suffering with our kids. And let me tell you, meekness, patience. You know, all this. I mean, everything we need to to know, we can get from our kids when it comes to the fruits of the spirit. Because if if we can have that patience with them. And if we can deal with that, the stuff that they take us through, <laughs> somebody just, mama, 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 mama. It's like over and over again. Over and over again. It's like they don't even give you time to answer what or yes. They just, mama, mama, mama. It's like, goodness, man. <laughs> Calm down. Because you know, we deal with all that stuff. It's teaching us something. We're going to look back when we turn 60, 70 years old and be like, all right, I got this. That's why we always say our, our grandparents always take the kids and spoil them and then they send them back to us and yeah. all that stuff. But it ain't that. It's just that the grandparents know now. Mm-hmm. Heavenly, the kids are the heavenly stock papers. So you need to calm down. Then you they always tell you to calm down or or you need to relax, you know. Because the kid is trying to teach you something. The grandparents get it because they've gotten to that point. They've been there. Yeah. Right. They've gotten to that point so now they understand. Yeah. And we're all gonna get to that point. Hopefully we all get to that point. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know what? That's funny, the relationship with your grandparents is about, it's like wisdom being passed on. Yes. 
you know, because I remember I was actually just talking to uh, Mama Rue about it, talking to my great grandmother, you know, and all the wisdom that she, it was always like something to learn from her. You know, it was always something to learn. She always gave you like all these little words of wisdom. It, it's yeah. funny, you know, you get to that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So parenting. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sister, Sister Sharon, you had something? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lord. I was just listening. I was just listening. It's just so much that um going to parents you can't even imagine and fathom the idea of being um how to deal with your children because sometimes they just make you wanna just pass out laughing or just wanna sit down and cry when they finish with you. Make you think you don't even know what you're doing. I <laughs> <laughs> praise be to God. I have my two little one over this weekend. And I I feel like I was going to pull my hair out because they surely wore me out. And they pulled me from here to there, and then they come back and ask me some questions that make me want to wonder if they if they are grown. And yeah. I just have to be sure I know how to answer them because they are asking the question, but if you answer them in an adult way, they will not understand. You still have to answer them so they can understand what they are saying. You know, my little one, um, Aiden, decided... He didn't think he can wash the dishes, so he pulled the chair over to the sink, and he climbed up on the chair, and he said, Grandma, let me do it, let me do it. And that's mm-hmm. patient right there, because you have to deal with him, while wait on him while he tries to figure out if he can do the dishes or not. Mm-hmm. And he's putting soap on the dishes, and he's using the water, he's using the, the, the sponge, and he's still putting them in the dishwasher, and they're still full of soap and everything, turning on the dishwasher, and he thinks they got it. You cannot tell him he do not got it. But you can see that they are learning. Yes. Learn from us. And lot of the, most of the time, 98% of the time, the children learn from the adults. Even if you tell them something, they may not do it because they, you're telling them not to turn the stove on, but you are turning the stove on. You're telling mm-hmm. them not to go here, but you are going there. So they want to know why they are going there and why you are doing it. So the best you have to explain that it's not for them at this time, and you have to have patience in that and use kind words because they are repeating what you're saying. They model after us. Whatever we do, they're going to do it. So most likely, if you even teach them the word of God, if you even tell them how it is, you still have to model that behavior so mm-hmm. they can put themselves after it. Glory be to God in the highest. So I'm just listening, and I'm just smiling, you know. <laughs> 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 Amen. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. Like I said, you know, it, it, and it's all about responsibility from from both both ends, the parent and the child. You know, you gotta you gotta give them some sort of responsibility so that they can, you know, start to learn. You know, yeah. without any responsibility, they they're, they're just going through life, you know, all willy nilly. But if you give them something like, you know, when I when I was at work and I was going on travel somewhere and there. I gave Orion the responsibility. I said, you know, before you go to bed, you need to make sure the house is locked up. Make sure all the doors are locked, you know, the porch lights are on, and the, and the alarm system's on. And, you know, and I had to walk him through that. Me, me and him walked through the house, you know, numerous of times, making sure he understood what he needs to do, how it's done, you know, and, and everything. And, you know, and I would call him, you know, um, every night to make sure it was done. And, and everything, and and but again, you got to give them some 
some sense of responsibility so that they can carry themselves in a manner. Because yeah. you know what? When he gets older, I guarantee you when he gets his own house, he's going to make sure his family is taken care of. He's going to, it's going to be instilled to him, like, you know what? I need to make sure that, you know, this house is locked up, that I don't just just go to bed and just not think that, I, you know, I locked the door. Did I lock the door? And like, oh, I don't worry about it. I'm going to sleep. No, because it's going to be instilled to him to make sure that the door is locked, you know, before before any everything is done, you know, before he lays his head down. You know, it's just simple things like that that we teach our kids. It's like Sister Sharon saying, that kid trying to, you know, wash the dishes. But you know what? Eventually the kid's going to get it. And when he starts to wash those dishes, it's not about, you know, oh, now you got a chore, go wash the dishes. No, because one day... One of us may be, a, a, you know, an, a, a unable body to do it, and guess what? The kid knows how to do it now. Yeah. Even when it comes to prayer. Yeah. You know, sometimes we'll say, you know, tell a kid go to bed. Like, oh, are you gonna come up here and come pray for me? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, right. they understand the the, you know, the right. process. You know what I mean? They they get into the groove of things. Right, or, yeah, teach or, them, teach them know, to pray even, for themselves when they, you know, before they go to bed. Right, because even Orion, sometimes we, we will have prayed, and he'll not feel like, okay, you know, you know how it's not like if your prayer, you know, wasn't answered, but it's like he feels like he needs more prayer. So he'll come back, like, okay, I know that, you know, Daddy prayed for me. Can you pray for me? You know what I mean? Or, you know, vice versa, I know Mommy prayed for me. Can you pray for me? Because sometimes he'll feel like he needs a little bit more prayer. I mean, so to me, that's like him identifying with the power of prayer. You know what I mean? But he, but he's also, like, you know, reminding us, though, too, you know, that, you know, don't even give me, like, the light prayer. Really pray for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, really yeah. really yeah. pray for yeah. me. Don't yeah. give me little once-over prayer. Yeah. <laughs> like, God needs some covering. Oh. Amen. That is so. That is so true. That is so true. Yeah, and, and like I said, sometimes you know, we sit there. And they we, know. We, yeah, they know. We make sure that they they know how to pray for themselves as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, some nights we'll pray for them, but some nights we make sure that they're saying the prayers as well themselves because we want to get them in the routine, yeah. you know, of, of, of praying as well. You and know, their prayer changes as yeah. they grow, mm-hmm. which you can see the growth too, even in that. You know, uh, let me share a story with you guys. I always have stories. I mean, I experience them are vast, and I, I just adore what God does. Um, my granddaughter, Ketura, was three years old. She, she always cries for her, left, for her left arm. She cannot lift it up. And she will cry profusely, just cry that her arm hurts. So I said, we, I said, Judy, we, you, go, you take her to the doctor, she said, the doctor said there's nothing wrong. I said, okay, but it will feel well now, and then it will start. She will start crying again. So I said, okay. I was here with her one day, and I gave her a bath, and I was putting her clothes, and then she just started crying all over again. And I said, no, I'm sick and I'm fed up of this. I'm really sick and tired of this foolishness. I said, Ketora, you're three years old. You need to pray for yourself. Repeat after me. And I said. I remember saying these words, Jesus, heal my arm now. And she said it. I said, say it like you mean it. I'm not joking with you. You can pray for your own self. 
Right. Jesus, heal my arm now. And she said, I said, put a hallelujah. And he said, hallelujah. And she said, hallelujah. I said, good. Watch Jesus work. As God be a me witness standing right here. My sister-in-law was here. And I said, Junie, come here. You want to see a real miracle? Look at this. You can see the invisible arm of God working that girl's arm. And he massaged that arm. It's moving. Nobody was touching it. That arm was just moving. And and we stood there and we just started shouting. And from that day until today, he has never cried for that arm again. Mm. Amen. I just give God the glory. So I let these children... Even Aiden comes, Grandmama, right here. I said, What's wrong? He said, Hurt. I said, Okay, let me pray for it. I want you to repeat after me. We prayed mm-hmm. for that ear. He put his under, he looked at me and he smiled. Something happened. He can't say, but it stopped hurting. So he took mm-hmm. the left ear. He said, Grandma, pray. I said, No, you pray. And we prayed, and he ran away laughing. I haven't heard him come back. I think that boy thinks I'm a fool, but he just keep messing with my head. But he just prayed. So I, you teach them. You make them repeat what you said, and you mm-hmm. teach them. Because they may not think they have the words to say or how to say it, but let mm-hmm. them repeat what you said. You know, yeah. And be the seriousness of it. It will bring forth fruit. Because I know it do in my house, even with my son Cody. So I know that it works. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Indeed. Right. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Yes, indeed. Amen. Anyone else? No? All right. So, like I said, I know it's more of a serious matter tonight. You know, and, 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 you know, sometimes it should be, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, especially when we talk about our kids, we got to be serious sometimes. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, but you know, as parents, you know, we 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 got a lot of learning to do. And we got a lot of teaching to do. Yeah. We have some understanding that we still need to get. Yeah. You understand? So we're learning right along with the children, you know. We've gone through a few things that they that they're going through right now, so we can help them along the way with that. But at the same time, we're going through some stuff that we haven't been through yet. And there's some elders out there. There's some elders out there that have been through this stuff, Amen. and we need to seek out those elders as well to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going through some stuff." Yeah. That's what the body is for. Yeah. You know, the the long tail of heart. Hey, hey, man. Hey, I I I need a little more help here. You know, I'm going through some stuff. Right. Kidney. Uh, I'm going through some stuff. You know. And, you know, the body talks to it, itself. Right? We as a body right. of Christ, we need to talk to one another. Be going through some stuff. Don't be snuck up, moping around, going through it all alone and, you know, want to jump off the bridge. Yeah. Talk to somebody. Pray to God. Sometimes God can answer right there or he'll send somebody in your life to, to, to help you along the way. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We, we got to learn that the children are there. They are there learning from us every step of the way until they get of age, and they still need help when they get of age. Don't you think we still need help now that we are of age? Yeah. 
But Pastor, when yes. you say when you say that's where it says fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, that's when mm-hmm. they don't seek when they do not seek the help. When they yep. do not seek the help to give the right guidance to that child and they let the child like like Eli and, and his children. They let yes. the child run wild. The child so went wild. They were trained up in the way they should grow. And they know mm-hmm. they need the help. They would not come to you. They would not come to me. They would not come to Sana. They wouldn't come, when I said us, we mean they would not seek the help from the right person. Mm-hmm. They left them on the mercy of the world and think they're going to train them so they can become a minister society. Mm-hmm. And then we have to, to reach out with the, 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 um, with the prison system, the juvenile system, and right. the school in, up in, So that is where all this comes from, not seeking the right help. Yeah, amen. And you're right. That scripture, that scripture is very true because, you know, like she said, the father should, uh, or, or any parent should not, you know, bring their child to wrath because once the kid rejects you as an authority figure, they are not going to listen to anything you got to say now. And that's what Sharon said. Now, someone else is raising your child. Because they're taking advice from someone else other than you because they feel they got some kind of beef or strife with you because, you know, you, you got them in a, in, a, in a way that they either can't trust you, they don't like you, or whatever the case may be. We don't need that to happen. We always need to keep the, the level of love sustained amongst our, our, our parents and children. You know, no matter what, because no matter what foolishness we do, God still loves us. So we should, no matter what foolishness our kids do, we should still love them. And, and you know, yeah, you, you might get upset, but that, again, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's what the Word says. You know, you need to, you need to rectify that before you lay your head down. Y'all need to come to terms and like, you know what, let's talk this out. That shows a kid like, you know what, you're not above yourself to where you're going to always be right. You know, you can go to a child and say, you know what, I was wrong, and I apologize for doing this. But also, in my wrong, I want you to understand where I was coming from. You know, so, you know, it's, again, it's, it's a teaching moment. Like I said in, in the beginning, it's a teaching moment. It's always a teaching moment that, you know, we, 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 can, we can gather from, from our discipline because the teaching moment works both ways. The parent, you know, getting an understanding of themselves and, and also getting the child to understand, you know, the situation at hand. So, all right. I think I think we I think we um dug the whole plenty good tonight. <laughs> Amen. Does anyone have any prayer requests other than our parenting skills and the children? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we'll be praying for um Sister Debbie and their family, um and, and Gardner and their family and yeah. Mother Faith, right? No, the faith is traveling, right? Right. Yes. Uh, Apostle Jerusha, Mother Faith, and, oh, and, 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 and Debbie and the family, yeah. Because they're all traveling. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other um, prayer for work? Business. 
Oh no, no. I got I got a testimony. I got I got prayer answer today. I want y'all to hear this. This is a testimony. Oh, okay. You guys know my know my issue at work with a certain individual on my job, right? Right. Yes. So I was explaining to Summer last week or was it earlier I think it was earlier this week. Yeah. Um, I asked for a mentor at work. Yes. And um, they gave me this uh, this lady who, I mean, this lady is spot on. She, she I mean, she knows her stuff. Yes. And so she come. we had a meeting about, you know, what I wanted to do, you know, what I, where, you know, what I'm, my goals are and everything. Yeah. And so she asked me, well, what, what um, is hindering you from getting to your goal? I said, yeah. well, I had a certain person who I had reported to earlier, right? Yes. Yeah. This person yeah. had left the agency, so I was assigned to another person. Yeah. And ever since I got this lady, nothing has gone right. You know, you guys know the stories. Yeah. And so I had that meeting with this lady, and I go to work today. My supervisor comes to me. And this mentor of mine has gone to him and explained my troubles because he wasn't listening to me because I've, I've requested a change numerous times. So yeah. she, he, she goes to him. And he comes to me and tells me, you are no longer reporting to this lady. <laughs> oh. Okay. Thank the Lord. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Gave gave me a whole other person who I know for a fact, you know, that, that I can work with. And I, and I sat down with the person. I said, I can do this and this. And I showed him everything. He's like, oh, that's perfect. Wow. wow. That's perfect. Wow. See, it, 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 here's the thing. The enemy was work, were trying to work against me. Yeah. And, and I had wanted to do a little overtime on my Friday because you guys know I'm off on Fridays. Yeah. And I had wanted to do a little. Well, the way this lady was operating, I couldn't do overtime. And so now, this guy tells me, he's like, oh, if you can do that, just, just send him on over and and everything, and you can do your overtime. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So I am going to get some money. <laughs> 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 and somebody wrote that I'll tell you, the Lord giveth, he taketh away, don't he? <laughs> You know, I've, I've been praying for it, but this morning when I got, and I, as I always do, when I when I first get to my desk, the first thing I do is pray. Yeah. And this morning I said, Lord, let this be a productive day. Don't let anything, you know, hinder me. You know, and, you know, I'm just praying to God. And, yeah. And I tell you, it, around about 7.30 this morning, my boss came to me with this. It was real early. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm like, it was like early in the day when it happened. I'm like, Okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> God is faithful. 
to be wise in our choices, Lord Father. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, for all those, Lord God, who are traveling, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus in these days, Lord Father, uh, Debbie and Gardner, Lord Father, their children, Lord Father, blood covering of protection around them, Lord God, as they go to and through. Let them enjoy, Lord God, their time away, Lord God. Let them be refreshed and revived and renewed, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. Enjoying the earth, Lord God, that you have provided for us. I pray, Lord Father, even Mother Faith, as she goes, Lord God, I pray traveling mercy. Open up the highways and byways. Use her, Lord God, within her, within her trip, I pray, Lord Father, and allow her, Lord God, rest in the name of Jesus, Lord Father. As she continues to go, Lord Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for Apostle Jerusha, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for the airplane. Lord God, keep it in the, in the sky, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. Let her get home safely. Bless her because she blessed us all, Lord God, with her presence, Lord God. And she provided, Lord God, time, Lord God, to, to instill in us great things. That's even parenting, Lord God, even as a spiritual mother. We thank you, Lord God, for her parenting, Lord God, even within us in our lives, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, even as you're using us as spiritual parents to, to, to children that are not even ours, like Sister Sharon, Lord God. Bless her, Lord God, as she parents these children, Lord God, that are not her own. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, use her swiftly, Lord God, as a spiritual mother, Lord God, and, and the children that are assigned to her, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I give you praise, Lord God. And we thank you for what you've done in pastor's life, Lord Father and blessing us, Lord Father. We pray, Lord God, great favor on all of the jobs present, Lord God, even under the house of David. We pray, Lord God, blessings, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and great faith, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Even within the businesses, Lord Father, party planners, we lift it up unto you. Great favor, Lord God, and we pray for new contracts in the name of Jesus, Lord Father. We pray, Lord God, even for 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 all those who could not be here on the line tonight, Lord God, favor within their jobs, favor within the businesses, Lord Father, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. May you guys have a blessed night, and thank you for coming out once again. Have a blessed one. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. I'm on your Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.